Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Debbie Dufek. Debbie is on the show today talking about how a little interruption goes a long way. Based on my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. Debbie is the author of Holy Interruptions, and she is on the show sharing the stories of biblical women whose lives were interrupted, as well as her own personal stories, to help prepare you to be ready when God interrupts you. Well, hello, Debbie, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So today's topic is all about how a little interruption goes a long way. Based on my devotional, a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. And you've written holy interruptions when God taps you on the shoulder. So as we begin, I would love to hear when you experienced your first holy interruption when God invited you to be his. Well, that would be um, when my brother became a Christian, my brother Bill, um, before he became a Christian, he had a very hard time with me loving me because my life was very dark and he saw me make one mistake after the other. And so he would just keep his distance. But then when Jesus got a hold of his heart, uh, my brother hit his knees for his sister. And two months later, I became a Christian. That was a real clear, holy interruption because the Lord just showed me a man whose life was absolutely transformed. And he went from you know, frustration and irritation and dislike for his sister to loving me with his whole heart. And he became that love offering that you're talking about. And his life and his story became life to me. And so that's when I had my first holy interruption, April 19th, 1974. That's a long time ago. And Jesus tapped me on the shoulder and my brother and his wife told me about his love for me and how their angels in heaven will rejoice when I give my heart to Jesus. And that he would give me a whole new life. And it all sounded very appealing to me. And so over the telephone at 4.30 in the afternoon, I became Jesus's little girl and I'm still his little girl and I'm so grateful. So that was my first holy interruption, my best ever. I love that you know the exact time and the exact date. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful. And it's such a marked moment, obviously, uh, in, in your life. And so since that first holy interruption, were there any other really notable times in your life that you sensed God tapping you on your, on your shoulder? So many that I couldn't even begin to list them all. And I think when we do belong to Jesus, he, you know, some things we may not recognize as a holy interruption, but yes, then they're all through my book. So, um, One in particular that's in the very beginning of my book that I think some of your women will relate to, we can have piles and piles of stuff we have to do and take care of in our house and our work and work outside of our home. And so the kids can be kind of pushed aside sometimes. And my grandson was um, at my house. He was four at the time. He's seven now. And everywhere he traveled, he brought his stuffies with him, his little stuffies. And so I had a piles of fleeced fabric on my couch and I had my sewing machine set up so I could be next to him. And I was wailing out these, these fleece blankets for Christmas. And he came up to me with this most precious face. And he said, Grammy, he said, would you just ever snuggle with me and my family? <laughs> so that I looked at the couch and it was loaded with stuffies and he was wedged in there. And I just felt like this resistance because I have that tendency to be project 
prone and you know just honey grammy has lots to do so i'm not going to be able to do that right now and and i and i felt the spirit of god tap me on the shoulder and said you know he's not going to be this tiny for too long and i really think the best thing for you and trent would be to do you know to do this to snuggle so i i responded right away and i said absolutely snuggies snuggle stuffies move on over grammy's coming in and i climbed in and he beamed his little face beamed and we snuggled and we watched a little bit of a movie and it was just a wonderful wonderful reminder that those little tiny things that love orphan that you talk about really matters um, in the hearts of those that are all around us so and that's kind of the way i try to live my life i respond to the, the spirit of of god and we'll talk a little in a little bit about living deliberately but that's what i try to do and i i just want to say that i was looking at your you know your the blurb on your podcast and, and it says discover how you can be a love offering to those around you and learn to believe that what you offer matters and what i and i began to pray about that and what the lord just showed me is that by being a love offering to the lord then we are that love offering to everyone else. We're the love offering. We have something to give to others that the world does not have. So I, I love that blurb. And I think it's, it's wonderful because we're talking to people that don't have hope. They don't have courage. They might live in fear. And because that's the way I lived, maybe I'm more sensitive to that and the lost people that just need hope, especially today. So oh, there's so much in what you just said. And you know, I've had moments like what you had um, with my own daughter, you know, and I think I've shared this with the the listeners before, but there was one day I was, because I'm very project oriented as well. And so I totally relate to that. And I was busy doing dishes and, and laundry and cooking the meals and all the, you know, the fluster around the home. And my daughter said, mom, will you just come and sit with me? You've not even hugged me today. Um, and I think so often I feel like my love is, you know, in these, these serving and like this active way. And so often, and what I just heard you say, and what I heard my daughter say is so many people in our lives, they just want us to be present with them and sit with them and be with them. And so maybe it's not necessarily offering our love as doing something specifically, but maybe it's not doing something for many of us. And so I, I really love that story. Maybe that's the interruption to kind of be still and just be present with the people uh, mm -hmm. in your life. And, you know, you're so honest to share that because of your own interruption, you started studying the lives of women in scripture and realized that you weren't the only one that God had interrupted. And so I would love to walk through some of these stories. And the, one of the first ones I think that you mentioned is, is about Sarah, or at least she's the first one mentioned in, in the Bible. So I'd love for you to tell more about her story and in her interruption. Sarah's life was cloaked with shame. The shame of barrenness was, it was just, consuming to women that, that were barren and she was disappointed. But her first holy interruption came when when God shared the news with Abraham that, you know, don't worry, Abraham, you're going to have your own child. It's not going to be your servant. It's going to come from your own body. And so he told her and her faith soared and she was so excited. But then the years passed. And so doubt, you know, started to grow in her. And I think that's what happens to us. We can we can get a promise from God, but if it doesn't happen exactly when we think it it's going to happen, often we'll take life into our own hands like Sarah did. And she arranged, and you know, when I think of what she did and how she finagled and manipulated Abraham, I mean, the, the scripture is silent on that, so we really don't know. But how she 
manipulated him to have him do that. It was legal in those days. It was legal. But anyway, so then as soon as Hagar conceives that child and gives birth, she starts looking down on Sarah. So Sarah goes back to her husband and she says to him, you know, you, you did this, you know, this. and Abraham was like, no, that would be you that did this. So he just left it in her hands. And so then she has a second interruption. And I think what we have to know is that God doesn't use clocks and calendars. So when he gives us a promise, we need to remember that, that, you know, God's timing is not always ours. Now, I, I can't go into the story of my holy interruption with this because it's too long, but it was devastating. Okay, devastating. And I, God gave me a scripture to show me what was going to take place. And if you're interested in the story, get the book, Holy Interruptions, because it, it's a story that is so powerful. Um, but my husband said to me, um, you know, God does not timestamp his scripture. And that I'll never forget that because God showed me something that was true. It didn't mean that it was going to take place right now. So so this holy interruption that Sarah had lasted a long time and she went up and she went down. And finally, she has her third holy interruption. She conceives her child with a lot of stuff in between, you know, where where, you know, where, where God hears her laughing and he says, why did you laugh? And she said within herself, I didn't laugh. But she did end up laughing at when she and her husband had that wonderful young man and they went on to um have this beautiful baby and become the father of nations and mother of nations and the story is great now did she deserve and this is the same way we can look at our own life because we blunder we 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 hear god then we resist or we hear god and we 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 um we we lack in faith or we we begin to doubt but then he ends up putting her in the hebrews chapter 11 the hall of faith now did she deserve that you know, probably not. But God doesn't look at what we deserve and what we don't deserve. He loves us so much. And he wants us to be that love offering. And that's what she wanted in her life. And that's what we all want. But she she didn't really come off as a as a strong woman of faith. I just want to read this last paragraph in my in my book about this. Did Sarah deserve to be listed as a woman, strong woman of faith in Hebrews 11? I would say not. But our God is so kind. He doesn't hold wrong our wrong choices, our sin, our failures, and our disbelief in his promises. He sent Jesus to take all that on the cross, and he does again and again. So when we turn to him, he still uses us, no different than he used Sarah, despite her taking her life and future under her own hands. His love is constant, even when we doubt and fail. Our failures never disqualify us. No, they don't. And for that truth, I am grateful. And I just want to say that because there may be people that are listening that that understand Sarah and they are Sarah. They're waiting for a child. They're waiting for a full womb. Their, their arms are empty, but God has given them that promise. You know, it's just a it's just a faith walk and it's trusting him that his kingdom will come and his will will be done in our life no matter what, if we are his, if we are his love offering. He's going to bring forth the things and the plans that he has. And when we blunder along the way, I just marvel at his forgiveness. And I think people, they get stuck in feeling like they, they, don't, they don't cut it. They're not good enough. They're not this or they're not that. It's Jesus plus nothing. Mm. And I love that. Mm. I love that too. And you know, something, I can't remember who posted it on social media, but it was something to the extent it was about Sarah. And it said, Sarah was praying for a baby and God birthed a nation. 
Yes, that's it, that's it, very powerful, isn't it? You know, yeah. so and it goes back to that God gives us more than we could ever ask or imagine. Here we're praying for this one thing that's the desire of our heart, and God has such bigger, mighty plans with with these interruptions that we have no idea what He's going to do. I mean, it's such beautiful and so much hope uh, in that. And I'd love to move on to the sisters, Mary and Martha. This okay. is a story that so many of us kind of wrestle with, you know, who are you? Are you Mary? Are you a Martha? But how were they each, uh, interrupted? When I, when I think of Mary, I don't see a real holy interruption. I just see a woman who really had a heart that was a love offering to Jesus. But then Martha, Martha begins to become that, that same woman when she's confronted again by Jesus and in her brother's death. And she, he said, who do you say that I am? And he said, I am the resurrection, and the life. Anyone who believes me, they're, ba- they're just discussing Lazarus's death. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me believes in who, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And here's the question. Do you believe this, Martha? So that's the question we have to ask. And that was Martha's holy interruption. Do you believe this? And she said, well, I've always, I've always believed you are the, the God, but the one who, who came into the world from God. But here's what happened with Martha. It took the death of her brother to really stop her in her tracks. That was her holy interruption. Her second one, where she said, that's where she said, she recognized that Jesus can do anything. I believe that you're son of God. I believe that you are. I've always believed that. And so that's a question we have to ask ourselves when we're having these interruptions from the Lord and we're, you know, seeing it as, hey, I'm busy, I'm frustrated, I'm whatever. We say to ourselves, or he says to us, and we say to ourselves, who do I say that he is? And he says, who do you say that I am? And that's a question every living soul has to answer. And that's a real holy interruption when we get asked that you know, who do you say that I am? Yeah. You know, when you're, when we began, I feel like I considered maybe the example you gave like a little interruption. We have those little interruptions throughout our day, the little Holy spirit nudges. Um, But then we have really big interruptions, like the death of a family member and these really big questions that the Lord is asking of us. And so there's both, it's, it's both of these kind of interruptions throughout our days and in different seasons. And I think that's really important for us to be mindful of. And the next person you talk about is, is Rahab. So I'd love for you to tell us more about her holy interruption. Well, I think Rahab probably did not like her life. Um, she was a harlot and the book, you know, scripture just says it out loud and, you know, just, she was a harlot. And, but I think that there was a buzz in the, in the town that, you know, the Israelis were going to, the Israelites were going to come in and they were going to invade and take over their, their city or their town. And Rahab, everyone knew her, the King knew her, which is disturbing how everyone knew her, but they would come to her house. And so when the spies did come in, the spies were sent in to spy the land and see how they were going to take it. And Rahab had already heard the stories about the Israelites, about the Israel's God. And this is, I want to interject this because this is what one of my biggest passions is in the Holy Interruptions, is that our stories matter. And so 
when you say, you know, we want to be a law, uh, an offering to the Lord and believe that what we offer matters, our stories, if those people in town did not tell each other about these, you know, Israel's God, Rahab never would have heard that. I, in my book, I take license to do some creative fiction in the opening of every chapter. And in my book, it was one of her men came in different and he had had an experience and he had an encounter with the living God. And he told her that, and it doesn't matter how she heard, she knew that Israel's God was powerful, that he was, you know, had parted the Red Sea. She heard all that. So in the light of her city about ready to be destroyed, um, she finds out that there's spies that are coming and they came to her house. And you know the story, She her interruption was, I have to hide these spies. So she made a deal with the spies. She she hid them up in the roof underneath the, the reeds and they came, the king sent someone to her house and said, you know, where are the men? We heard they came in. She said, oh no, I don't know who they were. They didn't stay, they left and they left before the city gates closed. So. She makes a deal with the spies. I'll drop this scarlet cord and I'll let you out. And then you save me. You know, you have your soldiers save me. So they said, okay, put the same scarlet cord out. The amazing thing is here she was a harlot. She lived her life. She was a dirty woman, you know, no doubt about it. And I get really emotional with this because the Lord is so good. It doesn't matter what our background is. He is there with the blood of Jesus to wash us from our sin, to give us new life, to give us a completely radical, gigantic change in our life. And so he did that. And what does he do? He takes her out. He's the, the soldier saved her and her family. And she, she is Boaz's mom. She marries Salmon and she's got this whole new identity. And she marries this man who loved her despite her background. And that's, he didn't love her because she was new. He loved her even despite her background because she saw, he saw in her a difference. He saw in her that she was a, a beautiful woman who now loved a powerful God. So they go on to have Boaz and Boaz marries Ruth and Ruth is another whole story. And then they, and then Rahab ends up being the, I believe the great, great, grandmother of King David, but it's just debatable whether it's the second or third. And so he radically changed her life. And I want to share a holy interruption of mine, if I can, with that same kind of story. I was like Rahab. I was not a harlot, but I was like Rahab. I had a life that was dark and I had already met Jesus, but I still, I had kind of a foot in the world and a foot. I loved God, but I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know, I didn't have Christian friends. And I was in a bar and I was sitting on a bar stool and I, and I did not know the scripture. This is so amazing. And I hear this, well, first of all, I'm looking and it's like a cinema movie, a bad movie all around me, like a surround sound movie. And I'm looking at it and I hear this clear cut voice come out from among them and be separate. And I, I knew that it was the spirit of God saying, this is not your life anymore. And I got down off the bar stool and I walked out and I never went back. And I will tell you, I never looked back because what he has to offer us and that holy interruption got my attention. And I love when you said a holy, a little interruption goes a long way. 49 years later, 
I still love the same God who's been powerful in my life, interrupted me along the way multiple times, but that was a radical interruption. Mm-hmm. And you know, with your story and with the one that you just told of, of Rahab, I think about in these interruptions, if we're obedient to what he's calling us to do in those times, you know, had Rahab not hid those spies or you not walked out of that bar and and changed your life and done things differently the rest of the generations after you and those decisions would be different there really is so much stake what we do with these interruptions and yet so many of us are prone to actually ignore or disregard these holy interruptions why do you think that is well, I think sometimes I was talking with my girlfriend yesterday about this podcast and, and I said, why do you think we ignore them? And she, uh, her first answer was we're busy, you know, busyness. But I think often we kind of put Jesus aside because maybe we want two lives. Maybe, you know, there may be, there may be, there are multiple reasons, but I just want to say that if, you know, my main reason for, um, even writing holy interruptions in it, and it was birthed out of it, is that our stories, like Rahab's story, my story, you know, are so important. The things when we he- when we hear that interruption, it's so very, very important for us to recognize that we have this living God inside us, and it's our it's very important when we have that prompting to act on it. Because here's the thing: when we share our stories, small, large, whatever it is, tiny, that like with Trent that was life-changing for me. We have, the Lord will take our stories and he will use them to change the course of history and the outcome of eternity. And so I just want to say that when we begin to live deliberately, then we will hear those holy interruptions because we're living for what matters to Jesus. And I had a holy interruption, you know, a long time ago when I was planning my calendar one year and the Lord said to me, um, and I, and I was famous for filling out my planner and then bringing it home, leaving it open for a day or two, closing it. And just, you know, I was homeschooling. Mom, I had a crazy busy life. But then my son said to me one day, you know, I'm not really sure why you get that planner because you never like, you have to leave that open on the table, mom. So I did. And, but what I, what I did this one year was I went to my coffee shop and I had my new planner and I sat down and I just sensed that the Lord wanted to speak to me. And it was a holy interruption that lasted a lifetime and has changed my life radically. And he said to me, are you willing to allow me to set your goals for this year? And I knew that that was the spirit of God. And it was so clear to me. And so he taught me about what it means to live deliberately, to live for what matters to Jesus. And when we really say, Lord, what do you have for me today? What matters to you today? I want that to matter to me. I think we respond to those holy interruptions. But no condemnation because we can get on this treadmill. I have seven children, 22 grandchildren, nine great grandchildren, and we, everyone talks at once. (laughs) So it, it makes for a very crazy party, but it's very easy to not hear. I understand what a full plate is like, but when we look at Mary's example, how she just hung on every word Jesus said, and Jesus says, Mary's chosen the only thing that's necessary. He said, So it's really important for us to take that little interruption and realize it's going to go a long way in our life, life of our husband, our children, our workplace, 
we can be that testimony that wants people that that makes people want what we have and and shows people that their stories matter their life matters god has a plan and a much bigger picture than we can ever imagine plan and purpose for each one of our lives and that's what i really am very excited about i want to see people grasp the fact that no matter what their background is god has a plan for their life and he can use them powerfully to change the course of history and the outcome of eternity and we won't know that till we get to heaven you know how many people are touched by our stories and um, i wish i had time to tell you the whole story of my beginning because my feeling is my certainty is if god can use me change my life and use me he can use anyone Anyone. yeah absolutely and you know i think you you're absolutely right it's busyness and then i think too we start to doubt the voice of God. And I think the enemy wants us to doubt that voice. Like did, 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 that's what he's, the enemy's done from the very beginning. Did God really tell you, you know, that can't be God speaking to you. He doesn't really want to use you, you know, and that, and, or your, your past is too bad to be used. And, and so I think that that often keeps us stuck or just even fear that maybe I heard God wrong or how are these people going to, um, how are people going to perceive me if I do this, what I feel like God is interrupting me to and telling me to do right now? I think there's so many ways and excuses. and um, and, But I think that it's just so beautiful that God wants to partner with us and he wants to work in our lives. And so what would you suggest women do to be more open to be interrupted by God and shift our perspective from it being an interruption? Because I feel like that kind of has maybe a negative connotation to actually it's an invitation to partner with him in his work. It is. Yes. And I think the best thing we can do as women to really grasp the, the importance of responding to his holy interruptions is be like Mary and sit at his feet first. And I understand what life is like. I understand how busy we are, but you know, I was just working on something for my website on self-care going into, you know, goal setting and all of that. And women don't, they don't recognize the fact that their quiet time with the Lord and self-care, they hold hands because if we want to take care of ourselves, it has to start with Jesus. And that's when we're going to really hear those. And we're going to start to get excited about those silly interruptions. That's what I love is that I, you know, God, I mean, now when I get a tap on my shoulder, I love, oh boy, I love it. I love it. And, and I respond to it. And, and in the scripture, most of the women started with holy interruptions that were really rough. You know, they were painful. They were like like Elizabeth, you know, being barren and then losing John, you know, the Baptist. And the different ones that I covered, the, the widow at Zarephath, uh, how she was, you know, building a fire to make her last meal for her and her son. And then along comes Elijah and he says, could you bake me a cake first? That was her first holy interruption. She did not know God. So she went from calling uh, Elijah his God to calling him my God because she was interrupted and she saw the hand of God in his life and so not only for us but other people will see the hand of God in our life and they're going to want what we want and is there anything more important for us as women than to be his hands extended I think that Mm, absolutely. And, you know, as we start to come to a close and you kind of mentioned this, but I wonder if you have anything else to say, because this is the question I'm asking all of my guests, how has a little holy interruption gone a long way in your own life? 
so I think that, you know, my salvation is the longest, you know, is the, and then, and, and it was a definite holy interruption radically changed me, but there's so many along the way, so many along the way. Um, and we don't have time to talk about it, but seeing God provide finances, seeing him, seeing him um, lift the arms of someone who's buried their child, so many interruptions that stay with me the rest of my life. Yeah. Because these things that God does in our heart, he, he, he bursts them in our heart. We never forget them. They become part of our life message. And that's why it's, it's gone a long way. What he's done in my heart has become the tapestry of my life. The, the, he is the center and the, 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 he's the center of my life message. And so that has, those interruptions have gone. We'll go into eternity. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Every encounter with him is, is a holy interruption. I think. Yes. So, so Debbie, I know I want to stay connected with you. I'm sure listeners are going to want to. So tell us how we can best do that. Well, you can reach me on my website at debbiedufek.com. And I would love emails and responses to this podcast together. Um, and that is Deb at debbiedufek.com. Um, I'm available to do retreats and conferences. i taught for many years in the homeschooling conferences and I still do a mom's luncheon once a year the last 35 years where I minister to homeschooling moms and that's their special day so um yeah so and you're also a a writer's coach right yes yes I am a writer's coach yes I am well we'll be sure sure to include all of those links in the show notes so that people can get in contact with you. But Debbie, thank you so much for being my guest. You are just, um, this has been a good holy interruption for me today. And I pray for everybody listening that we'll be more in tune with, with God's spirit and be more open to how he wants to use it. Because as you said, it really does shape eternity. So thank you so much for helping us believe that a little, a little holy interruption can go a long way. Yes, it does. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Debbie Dufek. We hope that today helped you to see your own holy interruptions and to believe that a little interruption goes a long way. This week, your little task is to consider how you see people who interrupt your schedule. Do you see them as annoyances or as the reason for your life and ministry? The next time you are interrupted, take the time to stop and give the person your full attention. It very well could be a divine interruption. If you're interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive your weekly love offering newsletter. And all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. You can also listen to previous podcast episodes. You can read the blog series. You can purchase significant merchandise. You can download free resources like the list tracker, the guided journal, and the conversation guide. And you can also learn to leave a review. If you have not yet subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Love Offering podcast, I would so appreciate if you would take the time to do that, just so more women can find and hear this Love Offering message. Next week, my guest is Lori Ann Wood. She's on the show talking about how a little perseverance goes a long way. I can't wait to chat with you again then, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love. Thank you.